You're listening to the Kingdom Culture Church podcast. To connect with us, hop on social media or go to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. And of course, you know, that's showing the suffragettes and women wanting to get the vote and have equality in marriage and not be treated like second class citizens. And. Wouldn't it be amazing if we saw a movement of people just like we saw in those photos where, where actually it's not about, in a sense, drawing um, attention to a worldly cause, but actually saying, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, something would happen. And of course, that's what the Holy Spirit's been hovering over this year for all of us, and we'll be doing that going into the future, is turning the, I don't know about you, but turning the flame up under my prayer life. And even turning the flame up under the prayer life of our church. And we've got things bubbling in the background, and I'm very much a person who is, I don't feel I have to just move and go, we're doing this and we need to make it happen. Um, But there is something happening in the area of prayer that God in this church that want, wants all of us to join our hearts too. So my biggest, not fear, but my biggest fear, uh, feeling would be, it would be so terrible if we had a prayer department. And, you know, we wrote a little note and we handed it to the prayer department. Or, you know, oh, they're, they're the prayers in the house, or they're the evangelists. It's just as bad as going, these are the worshippers. Because as we know, you're a worshiper first. And then you're a pastor or you're a, a technician or you're a, you know, whatever you are. Um, right down the bottom of the list and in between that you have probably mother, father or husband or wife, whatever you're think, or you're a family member. And then your role in life. But you're a worshiper first. And so the Holy Spirit is doing something amazing. I just want to give another plug for the podcast that's coming out this week because a friend and I are talking about the prophetic and our journey as a church into the prophetic um, and some of the interesting things that have happened to us as a church in the prophetic um, and it's, a, it's actually a lot of laughs um, and very serious content as well so I encourage you to listen now that comes out this week I believe we said um, so watch for that listen to it pass it on to your friends as well so this morning as you can tell I feel fairly relaxed which is good so What's the Holy Spirit for? I just felt to give a precursor to the next um, hour of worship, um, or however long it is, um, and what we're going to be doing here this morning. So what we're doing when we have a morning like this morning, where we basically go off script uh, and make room for the Holy Spirit to move. What we don't mean by that, though, is that week after week, And every now and then, we're going to let the Holy Spirit out to play. That's not what we're talking about. We serve at God's pleasure. We serve at his, if you like, beck and call, not ours. So what is the Holy Spirit for? It's a good question. Well, first of all, the Holy Spirit is a person. Nothing I'm going to tell you is new to you, but sometimes it's really good to recalibrate and to go, oh, actually, I need to realize this. He's not the bellboy 
that brings me what I need to my room in my luxury hotel, I actually, there's a reason the Holy Spirit is in my life. So if you ask me what my wife Heather is for, or what's the point of children, what are they for? I'd quickly realize that your concept of these people in my life is contractual. What do you get out of it? It's not relational. It's not love and it's not heart. So I really feel this morning that the Holy Spirit wants us to realize again that it's a relationship with him. It's not a contractual, if I have him in my life, then he will get me where I need to go. That's the lowest. It, there are truths to that. Of course, he's going to lead us into all truth. But it's the lowest thought in one sense. I actually honor and reverence that work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I was baptized in the Spirit when I was 13 and spoke in tongues at the moment I was prayed for. And, um, and a lot of my inhibitions and fears and depression and stuff like that, were generational stuff, was broken off my life. And so you don't get that from just a contract. You get that. See, the Holy Spirit wants to be the friend in your life who points out the rubbish that you're hiding from everyone else. He wants to... We've got a bit of a junk room over there we were laughing about. It's become a bit of a junk room. It is going to become a purposeful room. Hallelujah, by the grace of God and finance. And, um, but we all have a junk room. And some of us have got junk rooms in here today that the Holy Spirit wants to go, oh, time to clear the junk out. Time to make room for me. <clears throat> Holy Spirit is not another helpful app on your phone to add to your busy life. He, he's not an app to help you get through the busyness of life. Holy Spirit is not some benign force. He's not an energy, although there's power. He has power. He's not unknowable. He's not ethereal. He's not a floaty cloud, although he can appear like a cloud. He's not untouchable, and yet he can appear like a dove. He's the Holy Spirit. He is a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. He's someone we have relationship. We can love him. You can't, forgive me, but I'm going here. You can't love a thought or a, or a cloud or a, a thing or a benign power or Mother Earth. Or, but we can love him. We can invite him. We can walk with him. We can offend him. We can quench and stop him. This tells you the relationship. But he's not like this scatty dove that just disappears because he's frightened of us. But he's a person that we say, come and walk with us and we want to walk with you. So the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, the Godhead. This is about as biblical in the sense of theology we're going to go but the Godhead uh, triune God which means there's the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit but it's not a contest between the three it's not some sort of family rivalry going on there you know honour is modelled perfectly in the Trinity 
one of them rises to the surface, if you like, and moves. The others pull back, or maybe all three go at once or two. But they honor each other. They have respect for each other. There's no conflict between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. What has traditionally happened, again, I don't want to go too much into this. The evangelical church goes, we're all for Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, the work of Jesus. Then the charismatics are sort of, no, we want the Holy Spirit. And it has become a little bit this either or, but it's both. And as charismatics, mainly charismatics in here, we need to realize that the Holy Spirit always points us back to Jesus. It doesn't point, doesn't point us to the things of the Spirit above the work of Jesus in our lives. And so as a leadership, we walk the tension of not worshipping the things of the Spirit, but actually worshipping at the feet of Jesus so that the things of the Spirit are released into the church. So Jesus' work with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit works with Jesus. In fact, both work hand in hand with each other. This is seen when Jesus said, I must go so that he, referring to the Holy Spirit, may come. There was a pulling back at that point and then a releasing of the Holy Spirit into the church. The Gospel of Luke portrays Jesus as the perfect Spirit-filled man who lived the perfect Spirit-filled life. In fact, in Luke, we find that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, given the title Christ, which means anointed by the Holy Spirit. We read in Luke that he baptized people in the Holy Spirit and fire. We read that the Holy Spirit descended on him at his own water baptism. It says that Jesus, in Luke, Jesus was full of the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Jesus came in the power of the Spirit and declared that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor in heart, to open the eyes of the blind. Now, again, this is not evangelical bashing. This is just a case of, though, if you want to be like Jesus, you probably will need the power and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I know what it's done for me so I can speak from experience. So Jesus, therefore, was spirit-filled, spirit-led, but he also suffered. He denied himself and died for our sins. We do well to remember that the church was birthed from an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. He was Our church, the church as we know it, the church that is generational now, was birthed out of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit came like a wind and fire and men and women spoke in an unknown tongue and those people that were around them said, hey, these people are drunk and they said, it's not even nine in the morning. How can they be drunk? They said, we're drunk in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing a work in us. And so the, the Holy Spirit is not a gimmick. Um, he... The Holy Spirit always leads us into a respect of the Godhead, of God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Always, always, always. But it doesn't mean we don't get, see some interesting manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And we love to be people who know what's going to happen next, don't we? I mean, there's some here this morning going, oh, we didn't know it was going to be like this. This is slightly awkward. He's preaching after one song. Will we ever get back into the worship and get on with it? And, And... I'm kind of happy to do it like this because I sort of feel like we get a bit like, oh, we sit in our seats and my seat's got my name on it. And um, 
I know you think like that. I want that seat. Why is she sitting in it? They're not singing my favourite song this week. I might check out another church. The Holy Spirit is very comfortable with us. There's a comfortability that comes. And we need a comfortability amongst ourselves to allow the Holy Spirit to move. I do believe that evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. I think we'll pray for some people for the baptism of the Holy Spirit or release of the Holy Spirit later on. Um, most of all, I was thinking this morning, and I'm finishing, <laughs> the Holy Spirit brings consistency into our lives. Consistency. He's not a lovely suit or a beautiful dress that you pull out every now and then to wear. He's actually come to clothe us and to fill us. He's the beauty of our walk. And he brings a consistency to our walk so that actually we have power over sin, the scripture says. So it's not opposite Jesus on the cross um, dealing with sin and then the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit is not greasy grace. It's not you can do this, laugh and roll on the floor, and then go off and sleep with someone. You can get prayed for in the Holy Spirit, go down in the Spirit, you feel all sorted, but then you just go off and you gossip or you complain or you live your life casually. That is not what the Holy that's you. The Holy Spirit is saying, this is an invite to have your life brought into consistency. brings a consistency in prayer brings a consistency in giving and like I say we're sort of going I just felt this morning be consistent church in your giving Uh, when Pastor Caleb was giving that message a great message God is asking us to be a consistent people we're consistent in so many things be consistent just felt be consistent in your giving what you promised Either back it up or remove the promise. So don't put yourself under the law to give. But if you made a promise before God, fulfill your commitment. That's between you and the Holy Ghost. Consistency in marriage. Consistency in raising our children. Consistency in prayer. Consistency in fellowshipping together. Consistency in reading the Word. Consistency in looking for ways to love people. Consistency in looking in ways to love our community. Consistency in how you can serve in the church. Consistency in how you turn up for your job so that they don't get this amazing Christian one Monday and then this animal the next Monday who is totally unteachable and is arrogant and is, God's told me to be like this. No, he hasn't. He's told you to go to work Work hard, get off your phone, get off your Facebook, just throw yourself into your work, earn the money well that you're allowed to access. Be a human being. You know, so often we get caught up with being a Christian. Well, be a human being first, just do the right thing. Then put Jesus and all of that in the mix. So we've got to, what's going to happen this morning 
is we're going to go back into worship for the rest of the service. There's a, a team of prayers. So the people that have asked to pray, if you could stand up and just... So these guys are just going to move among the congregation and just pray for them. They're not going to be all doing it all at once or just going to take our time to do that. If you do not want to be prayed for, do not feel embarrassed to say, hey, I don't want to be prayed for. If you don't want hands laid on you, which is our method of, we believe, the scripture says that there is an impartation by the laying on of hands. But if you don't want that, that's fine as well. And thanks, guys. You can sit down. So we're going to stand together now and we're going to go back into worship. You had one second reprieve. Thank you. Thanks, man. And we're just going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we might get up on the stage and give a, a, a call to prayer and say, hey, if you've got this or for healing or whatever. But you respond. Remember, it's about you jumping in the river, not the river finding you necessarily, but us responding, jumping in the river. Let's worship our hearts out this morning. Let's prepare ourselves as we go into the record, live recording. Let's prepare our hearts before Him. Let's not wait. Let's not hang back. Let's worship before Him. Let's give our all. Let's be a fool for Jesus. Let's love Him with all our heart. Let's invite.